0: welcome to investor insights the wealth management podcast where we address investor needs help you enhance your financial situation and explore all parts of a person's financial life and now the host of investor insights mike williams Hello, it's Mike Williams with Genesis, and welcome back to Investor Insights, our iTunes podcast helping investors uh, see the horizon clearly. So, today we're going to call this brass tax. You know, my dad used to always tell me, Yeah, yeah, Mike, I get it, but when it gets down to brass tax, what do you mean? And so, today's brass tax. Uh, end of Q3. Wow. Q3 was ugly for investors and uh, boy, we're glad that's over. Uh, But it's good, because even the hedge fund guys got clobbered. Um, It left few stones unturned. Of course, we can rattle off all the benefits of lower prices. We can rattle off the huge number of contrary indicators now flashing solid good signs as we peer out over the doorstep ahead. We can list for several lines all of the sentiment indicators and add high levels of fear as an exclamation point. Well, how do we know everybody's afraid? Well, let's think about it, a couple of things. We've talked about it in another podcast, but let's highlight a few. We know the crowd's terrified because just weeks ago, they were selling their mutual funds at higher daily rates than in March of 2009. Now let's uh, gain some perspective on that in march of 2009 the dow jones was less than 7000 now it was at the end of uh, you know the end of the world great recession no one saw anything good happening and people left in droves now think about that level of selling being matched and in some cases exceeded at Dow 16,000. You can imagine how beneficial that might be for us five or six years from now. Fund managers, even the fund managers that we're getting sold, have the highest cash levels today than at either the tech bubble lows in 2003 and those same great recession lows of 2009. In other words, they have more cash today than at any time in the last two bear markets, and yet all we got was a 12% correction. Sell side analysts, the guys who call up their institutional clients and tell them to buy stuff, um, they are now as bearish as they were in March of 2009. Advisor bearishness has now hit five-year highs, bullishness Seven-year lows. Hedge fund guys are having a terrible year. Basically, add the news and you've got just a horrible view of the market. Lots of fear. Lots of pent-up angst. Lots of, oh my gosh, here comes 2009 again. For the patient, long-term, disciplined investor, these next few weeks are likely to be the toughest part of the pathway because you're going to think the end of the world is still coming. And that's how bottoms feel until you look back in the rearview mirror and you go, oh, wait a second, the market rallied 6% off its lows already. And now it's only 2 or 3 or 4% from brand new highs again. That's how it works. So <clears throat> now we have to face the music. Now we have to sort of step into the battlefield of our minds and fight the good fight, or do we succumb to that fear? Do we act like the crowd? Uh, I always like to quote things out of music. Uh, Mark Knopfler of Dire Straits wrote Iron Hand. There's a line in there that says that the blood is red and the grass is green. Too many assume that business hits a hurdle like we're hearing about all over the place, and they just sit there and give up. We cover it often that the idea is the 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 idea that we have problems is is the very reason we solve things and move forward. I, I promise you that if tomorrow morning every single thing we were worried about was fixed and the world was perfect, we would start slowing down. We would start not making headway. We would just sit idle without things to solve solutions to acquire, ideas to proceed with to make things better, forward movement stops. We see that at work today in the news, just today. GM confirmed, get this, now you probably didn't see these headlines, but they were headlines. GM confirmed that the cash flow events they've done for the last 90 days to adjust expenses will save over $5 billion and add $5.5 billion new dollars to their cash flow for the next three years. ConAgra Foods just announced they are uh, implementing cost cuts and strategies, as they say it, for annual savings of $300 million. Now, I don't know about you, but you stack up $5 billion here and $300 million there, and eventually you get a lot of savings. They're going to move their headquarters to Chicago. These are not small numbers. More important, they should be positives to embrace. Why? Well, it means solutions are still being born daily. Granted, nothing guarantees a future. But savings of billions and billions of dollars... Uh, is a ton better than no steps at all. It also shows that that ingenuity and improvement is still alive and well. It shows shows us that we've not arrived yet at the end of finding ways to make things better. But enough of the rosy stuff. uh, Back to the brass tacks I talked about. Let's talk about wading in. Uh, I recall, I got to tell you a little story. I recall the morning after uh, the first time I saw the first Jaws movie, I was a kid, obviously. It was Saturday, I was in a Hobie 18, we were starting a regatta, a racing weekend. Hobie 18s, if you don't know, are pretty fast boats, they're catamarans, and they're either beach launched, meaning you push them right off the sand into the waves, or they're hoisted by a crane off of your trailer, off the end of a dock, and you swim out to your boat. I recall staring into the water that I had to wade into about chest deep to get to the boat at the end of the dock, and no matter how hard I tried, I kept swearing I could see the shadow of a shark. (laughs) It's hilarious now, but if you could have felt my heart racing, you'd get the point. Oddly enough, it didn't stop there. I was sure all day long That every ripple I saw on the water as the wind kicked in across the harbor was a shark fin. Every wave crest I imagined was a set of teeth. I was certain as we laid out over the water on the trapeze on the windward runs and the reaches that sharks were circling right below us at all times. I define this insanity because that is sort of how it feels when one goes into the markets after a corrective and volatile window of time. One is usually certain the bottom will drop out as soon as the order is filled. The feeling of stepping into quicksand is always present, sure to suck you down and take you for everything you have. I suspect I exaggerate a little, of course, but not by much. But such is the pathway investors must follow, the The key times in a wealth-building plan are those very feelings. Unfortunately, it's a required part of the pathway to getting good deals over time. Shark-infested waters are normal for these windows of volatility. Those feelings, importantly, are mind games. They play tricks. It's our fears playing on our mind. They happen all the time in points of history. Many of those points turned out to be good buying opportunities over time. We never recognize them as such while they're unfolding. We're usually too afraid of all the sharks. We also see from history that there's no perfection for that timing. There's no right spot. Just a longer-term, lower-average cost to build good value over time. So if you're feeling that angst today, as many are, Consider this thought. If you and I were 29 years old in our first job, still lacking massive amounts of wisdom, of course, because we had not yet made a ton of mistakes to gain the wisdom, if we were there and the markets were where they are today, would we say to ourselves, oh gosh, the rally's already done? I might as well forget any stock investing in my lifetime. After all, It's already hit its high. Think about how foolish that might sound. Of course, we wouldn't say that. Why? Well, mainly because our minds would not have traveled the distance to here. We would not have experienced the thousands of points up and down, the bear markets, the collapses, the financial calamities, and all the bad news that went with each of them. We would not have those fears singed into our brains seeing the most recent highs as quote-unquote it and this corrective action of the last five or six weeks as the big one is little different from, say, when the Dow hit 4,500 for the first time and then it settled back to 4,000. Imagine if our fears had blocked us from activity back then. How expensive would those fears have been? Listen, our future is about our newest generations. Records will be set. Things will change. Often they will not make sense. The baton will pass. New processes, new technologies, new tools, new ways of doing business, new companies. Those are the brass tacks. Wading in is tough. Controlling the mind games separates those who arrive where they want to end up and those who succumb to constant fear of the future. We are there. We are there now. October likely provides an ample window of shopping and building. If you're focused on next month or next quarter or even next year, that's really not investing and we're not good traders, so we can't help you there. But years from now, Odds are high that this statement will have been proven correct, even though it's very tough to handle at times. What's that statement? Our best days are ahead of us. We look forward to traveling that pathway with you. We hope this has added some value today. Listen to it again if you'd like to let some of this sink in. Until we see you on the next episode, may your journey be grand and your legacy significant.